you meant demented pride. Is that what you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So your demented pride is like. How, how about? I like that word demented. Yeah, pride. I, I really like that. that. Word. <laughs> I, that I have a demented pride. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Jimbo for You, Malaysia's podcast. Today we have JC and Olivia. Olivia is a pretty cool cat, lived experience, I love that term, pursuing a career in counseling. We'll get a little into that. We get a little into dark shit, quote unquote, and suicide. So just a little disclaimer about that. If your loved one needs someone to talk to, I always recommend Befrienders, who we also talk about. We talk about therapy and the like, and uh, yeah, anywho, shall we? And we're back. Um, we have JC and Olivia. I can't keep doing this, man. Sup, motherfuckers! Hello. <laughs> um, Olivia, we... Ooh, how much can we say? We we came from... We met in a group. That's it. There you go. Uh, how you been? How are things? How's COVID? Yay. I've been good. I think COVID is like... I feel like everything's just kind of normalized so mm. i'm just like at home mm. doing my thing mm-hmm. are you a more in-home person or yeah, yeah. okay so it was <laughs> fine yeah <laughs> is it like do you feel it difficult being here since you're out of your home because if you do we apologize oh yeah yeah it's better to have face-to-face i um yeah zoom can work but it's a bit hard mm. when it's more than uh, one person so tell us a little bit about yourself that you're comfortable <laughs> <telling. laughs> Um, So I'm a freelance writer and also a student in counseling. I'm in my second year and entering into practicum next semester. So that means I'll be seeing clients for the first time, which is a bit anxiety wracking. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. And um, freelance writing, I did. What do you write? Um, I actually don't write that much anymore, but <laughs> just for like that extra income. Um, okay, so I so my background was was in media and communications, mm-hmm. and uh, that's your degree. Yeah. So mm-hmm. after that, I kind of started work as a copywriter in mm-hmm. a friend's digital agency, and and then after so that was in Melbourne, and mm-hmm. after moving back to Malaysia in two thousand seventeen. Um, kind of had a full time job, quit the full time job, and then now just kind of like yeah. Why getting, did you quit? Um, it was it was a dead end kind of job. It okay. was uh, it was like a training institute for like risk and management, mm. risk management certification. Um, mm-hmm. and it was a weird kind of company because it was a small one, but um. There was a lot of turnover. Mm, I'm uh, familiar with yeah, that. Kind the of manager, <laughs> the manager liked me, um, and but like she was the kind of micromanaging type. Oh, yeah, so helicopter boss or something like that. Or, yeah, mm. I got along with her because I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> Even that. Yes, it picks up. It picks up. I uh, uh, wait. So writing. What, what yeah. kind of stuff do you write? Or did you write? Um, 
I like how you're still using that identifier. <laughs> I know. This is more marketing stuff, really. Advertisement? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, no, like just online content. Web- oh. Websites. Mm-hmm. Um, so you write stuff for websites. Yeah. Like descriptions and things like that. Yeah. Articles, oh. emails. That can be really, really taxing. I have friends <laughs> who do it and they go crazy. Content is actually very difficult to make if you don't know what, if you're not super creative, I feel, mm-hmm. personally. Or if like, you're not super into it. <laughs> yeah, if you're not super into it, if you're, you just like, do it for fun, then, yeah, it's fine, you know, it's for fun, because you don't really attach yourself to it, it's for fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, once you use it as a career, it gets, you know, you, there's so many things you have to be watch out for. Mm-hmm. But, interestingly, uh, maybe some listeners might pick this up, I'm not sure. You said your background was media, right? Mm-hmm. Mass yeah. comm, basically. Mass comm. Yeah. But now you're doing counselling. Yeah. Why the jump? Mm. Yeah, so I mean, that whole uh, eight eight or so months in that full-time job was like horrible because I I think I knew three months in that it wasn't for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I just kept going because of that whole thing. Like, oh, you should, stick, you should stick to like a job oh, yeah. a year. Was yeah. the money good? Um, the money was pretty good. Yeah. Okay. So that was one thing and I just moved to Malaysia as well so mm. I was like okay I'm just gonna stick with this for a while. Mm. But I was getting like anxiety attacks at work mm. and um, no one really knew. I was still like Welcome to the club. I know. Yeah. Mm. I was still like performing okay um, but I think well at the end of the day I felt like my anxiety was trying to tell me something. As mm-hmm. in like, mm-hmm. bitch, just get out there. <laughs> Did you have like an anxiety nervous breakdown or something? Um, it wasn't like one thing. It was more like I was waking up every day with like full on existential dread. And oh, like, you know, yeah. that, that thing mm-hmm. of like, mm-hmm. oh my God, why am I waking Jimbo up? Relate, right? <laughs> yeah. I can't relate that well. uh, I remember when when it was at its worst sometimes when i'm uh, i'm not sure if i should say this but sometimes uh, driving to work in the morning it's like i i don't care about traffic it's okay i'm just gonna <laughs> if if an accident happened it is it is what it so, is so basically, basically you were like if i eat myself right now you'll be fine it's like kill yourself it'll be fine mm-hmm. oh that's pretty bad kind of kind of kind of so you had a similar experience like yeah. Waking up and just like, I'm going to kill myself today. Yeah, I it, can. It wasn't that bad. Mm. Um, I think I had, I at that point of time, I, I have a history of depression, but at that point of time, I think like I was past that being actively suicidal stage. But still, okay, like, yeah. it was still like a struggle to just mm. like get through the day. And then, just manage um, it. Yeah, I just felt like I was going nowhere. Mm. Um, and like at the time, I was also still freelancing for... Um, my past employer and then he offered me like a, a full-time job remotely um nice. so by the end of eight eight or nine months i was like okay i am i'm done mm-hmm. and uh so still wider sudden switch because um, mm-hmm. yeah okay so this was a uh, this was end of 2018 i guess october 2018 and then i switched to the other job which was itself like it was really good money, which is why mm-hmm. I was like, okay, but it still wasn't what I wanted to do. Like, or it wasn't, it In what sense? Like, career-wise, it didn't feel like, oh, this is like 
what gets me excited is then like what will be meaningful for me mm-hmm. um and i think at that point as well i was just like in a full full blown depressive episode because mm-hmm. of the whole job thing and like mentally i was just like i can't really deal with anything including mm-hmm. that that new job um and like what was that new job it was it was in uh marketing again like okay. copywriting mm-hmm. um yeah and this was like a close friend of mine who employed me so mm-hmm. i was like oh, i don't really want to like let mm-hmm. him down mm-hmm. um but it got to the point where i was because it was remote i kind of some days i just like didn't work mm-hmm. i just like i just couldn't i physically mm-hmm. couldn't i couldn't concentrate on anything um and i got so like ashamed of it that mm-hmm. like i didn't communicate with him sometimes okay, yeah. i just kind of like screened his calls like ignored his messages it was it was really bad um okay. and like i mean eventually like obviously he was just like what the fuck you know mm. like oh, yeah. cuz he knows like he knows my history and he he like was like understanding of it to a certain point yeah um, of course, right cuz so, you know work is work yeah, yeah. so i was like <laughs> i just eventually had to like Draft yeah. an apology resignation letter. Yeah, basically. Mm. Um, he he came down to Malaysia for like for some business stuff, and so we had like a long talk about it. And mm. I just had to like really look at myself and be like, okay, yeah, this is. I tried to pretend that this was what I wanted, but it's not. So totally relatable. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it kind of like put a a rift in our friendship for a bit, which is what like what i most regretted of mm-hmm. this um i mean we're we're fine now but like just definitely not as close as we were before mm-hmm. um and then so like in between me taking a job and me resigning um i also decided to sign up for counseling mm-hmm. um and this was something that I thought about for like a year or so mm-hmm. um because Wait, you I, say sign up for counseling you went for counseling or oh sorry for the counseling course oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, counseling yeah. Course, applied yeah. and got accepted but um, you never went for counseling right that like sit down with a counselor oh right? no i've done that before as well okay. like yeah but not not actively in malaysia malaysia like a little bit but not that much um okay. yeah so uh i I was volunteering for Befrienders for like a year or so. I yeah. yeah. I went for training but they canceled it because of COVID. Oh no. Yeah. 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 It was oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I there it kind of changed how I viewed supporting other people because they teach you unconditional support and all that. Mm. So that's like, oh, okay, that's a thing and yeah. it works. Yeah. Uh, and the one thing that really that I really liked is that it kind of you can actually kind of apply it to really 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 bad scenarios like oh what if this person wants to rape their child okay i have to give you unconditional yeah. support yeah. i have to you know bring you back to hopefully you know think about what you're doing what yeah. you're doing, yeah. like friend just yeah. can't speak they just listen well yeah they speak in a way that okay is that how you feel? Uh, how do you feel about that? Yeah, you're how not you... supposed to give advice. Yeah. You, you kind of guide them. You, you don't tell them what to do, but you guide them. Yeah, I, I, I love it. Uh, I, I really believe in it. I have a particular 
biased towards befrienders mm-hmm. because um, when I was still living with my mom mm. in, a very, in that toxic environment, she would call befrienders mm-hmm. and then she would just shit talk me in front of my face. And I was like, yeah, 90% of what you're saying is bullshit. It's lies. Like you're only telling one side of the story, mm-hmm. you're not telling the other. And so I don't know what the befrienders told her, but every time after the phone call with befrienders, she would get worse. She would shit talk to me instead of indirectly. She would shit talk directly to me. Mm-hmm. Like call me stupid, useless, all the all the good stuff that made me want to kill myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, you know, I I know it's not the befrienders' fault, but the way it happened, like, it's very easy to blame them. Yeah, Even though I do my best not to. Like, yeah, my mom shit talks with the befrienders and then she shit talks to me after, after the call. Mm. So, like, the variables that made it worse was befrienders. Mm. The only thing I could identify at that time. Mm. So, like, I have a particular bias against befrienders and, like, like, I know their system. Like, I did their phone network. Mm. It's fucking horrible. Like, they got two phones at the time. Two phones and you are expecting to take thousands of calls. And the amount of volunteers they have is not a lot, actually. Yeah. Like, they, they actually got a few that come in full-time. But then, when I talk to one of their managers there, I said that, okay, look, I'm from the telecommunication industry. You have two phones, two out incoming lines, and you are trying to absorb thousands of calls traffic-wise. Not happening. What, what, I, what would you change? What, what I would su- you expect? What I suggested was to get a PRI line. Now, what it is, is that, you know those big, Big ass uh, international like companies and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you got a switchboard and the the uh, the calls can come in, and then it goes into a, a switch box mm. like you know like yeah, sure, okay. music uh-huh. things uh-huh. like that. Uh-huh. I said that that way you can absorb more calls and you can see the calls coming in like you know line one, line two, line three, line four. Sure. At least and I can log it for you, so at the very least you know you get data, like how many patients are calling in how many people are calling in and then you know you can you can mobilize your volunteers more effectively i mean two phones what do you expect no one's gonna get through come on did you propose how to pay for that that's not my problem well i mean that's (laughs) kind of a thing for them because they're they're donation based they don't get a lot of income to do the phone line at like for free? 50% off. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. I mean, I answer to a boss. So if I could give them free, no, yeah, I would give them okay, free. Uh, but I told them... And their I, answer was... No. And then why? I asked... I asked them, like, you know, is it a... Is it, if it's a financial constraint, I can talk to my boss and give you 50% off. The manager at that time said, uh, no, we just can't mobilize uh, the volunteers. I'm like, yeah, but you, you, you guys are doing a very important service to, to people who are hopeless and... Why can't they mobilize? I didn't get that far. 
Okay, that, there might be a there might be a there. reason, but like for me, at the end of the day, yeah, these are volunteers. Yeah, they, they, they have to didn't make, take care. It of didn't their make sense too. to me because, like, I'm a very structured, logical person. Mm-hmm. So I looked at befrienders, and if I was the manager, I I would mobilize a structure where the volunteers can rotate faster and more effectively. Their system is, yeah, you want to take. Uh, Monday to Wednesday, you take Monday to Wednesday and you just come into office and you sit down. I mean, that's that's their entire setup. It's like, there's no proper structure to it. It's just like... There's a structure to it. Uh, I mean, behind the scenes, not really. Like, really, in upper management, not really. Because, like, I spoke with and the... And bear in mind as well, again, volunteer group. Again, volunteer group, but I think you can do better. This is my personal opinion. I mean, agree to disagree. I mean, like, I'm pretty sure that, you know, other people will defend them, but other people shit on them. I'm just saying, I've been behind the scenes for Befrienders. How long did you work for? How long did you work This was quite some time ago, actually, about 20, 2017, maybe? Okay. I'm not sure, around there. So, like, you know, I was, like, a bit disappointed because, like, I admired their work. You know, I admired their work. I, I told the manager, like, you guys are doing a extremely important service and uh, I'm willing to fight for your phone line uh, 50% off you know if you if you want but you know the manager gave me a very lackluster reply and the vibe I got from him personally was like he was burnt out like, he didn't really want to bother about the work like, job. yeah he didn't really want to bother about helping people he just made sure everything ran and as long as things ran, it worked, he didn't care about increasing efficiency. Like burnt out, you know, you just, uh, let's just do the job. I don't care if I do a good job or a bad job. I just want to do the job. Things like that. So like, I have a very particular bias to befriend us. Like, Why didn't you apply to become a manager? <laughs> okay, so how are you exposing me like this, man? No, I mean, uh, like, it, it really does sound like a resource thing. And, and what you're proposing sounds like, okay, they have to change their system. I they did, have to, okay. they have to defense, change how volunteering so, works. They have so to change the, all of that. The, the real reason why I didn't apply to be a manager and befriend this was the money. Uh, because my current job at the time paid me ridiculously high. Yeah. And like, I was making like three times the normal amount for a person in my rank at that time. And uh, my boss liked me, like, you know, and like I'm on a fast track to be upper management. Mm-hmm. Money is good. I'm not about to throw that all away and enter Befrienders Manager where the pay is like meh, meh. You know, it, as a normal sane person, you wouldn't do that. So yeah, like, but yeah. but in my defense, in my defense, mm-hmm. putting the money aside, mm-hmm. yeah, like befrienders needed a lot of work, and God knowing they need a good team, I couldn't bring myself to build a team there because I already built a team in my current job, right? So it's like, so that was the reason, you know. You can see how difficult it is to work at befrienders knowing the pay is so little or no i mean probably donation based and stuff like that knowing that who the hell wants to work like officially work for them volunteering yeah okay it's it's a side thing but then just working on it 
I can agree to a certain extent. Like, if I wasn't, like, in my industry and on the fast track with money, if I were came in like a fresh grad and I saw the motivation and the desire to help people and there's that fire to, 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 to improve befrienders, I would wholeheartedly pledge my service to them. But the fact that I spoke to the manager and he seemed so lackluster and the vibe in the befriender office is so lackluster, it frightened me. Like, you know, like if I step into this environment. What about the lackluster? Tell me more about the lackluster environment. Right. So when the, the time I went there, uh-huh. that I saw a few volunteers. Mm. And so there's a clear difference between new volunteers and older volunteers. Mm. So the new volunteers typically are more excited. They are like, you know, oh, we're going to help somebody. You know, mm-hmm. gonna... And then the old, as you go down and then you, you start talking to the older volunteers, they seem drained. They seem like tired, like burns sucked out. Something sucked their life force out. I and wonder what. I mean, like, obviously, if you're going to listen to, to shit for, for hours on a day, you're going to get affected by it, right? Of course. So, like, they, clearly they are affected by it. And it's, like, so, uh, like, the, the tension between the older, gen, the older phone callers are, it's, like, thick as a knife. Like, you can, you can taste it. Like, they are, they're done. They're just like, you know what? If someone wants to kill himself, go fucking ahead. I don't give a shit. You know, they got that vibe. And, but they're still there, which I respect. I mean, like, you're still, you're still putting in the grind, but they, 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 it's not, it's not what I expect. It's not what I expect. At all. Did you expect? I expect at least like, you I know. I really want to help all these no, people. No, 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 no. I expected. For like, years and years no, and years. I expected that, you know, I understand you're taking on a very soul crushing job. And it's a volunteer job. But you want but to put take, that aside. Yeah, no, not put that aside. But take some pride that you are, that you helped. Somewhere, somehow, your voice reached out to someone and maybe it helped them through a very difficult time. I mean, you have to believe in that at least. You have to hang on to that hope. If not, what's the point of being a counsellor or helping others? You know, that's, that's why. I mean, that's doing. interesting because like I have, I had a different experience of the volunteers there. Even both the old, the and, old, new. One, old and new. Yeah, I, I do I do understand now that uh, everybody is going to have a different experience with a, a, a situation. It's not all the same, but my experience was that. And at that time, I mean, now I don't know. No, when did you uh, volunteer? Uh, 2018. Okay. Yeah. So one year after me. So... Uh, it was my experience at that time that, you know, uh, I don't want to be in an environment that's so draining. So I didn't particularly, like, you know, offer... You kind of have to... I feel like you kind of have to get into that environment knowing that it's going to be soul draining. That's why they emphasize on, like, well, well, uh, yeah. welfare, uh, employee, wear, volunteer well, welfare and stuff like that. So... And I actually never, like considered it to be soul draining like i didn't even feel like it was soul draining because i felt like i mean if you're there after like some of them have been there for like yes. decades yeah. literal decades yeah. right and you're not gonna stay there for for so long if it was soul sucking mm. and i mean i think some of them they don't may not have like 
that excitable thing mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. um but they had that kind of experience of like yeah I know what I'm doing mm. and mm. oh yes yeah. yeah I don't know maybe that that's what you experience with lackluster nah I think it's just my warped perception because I have an incredibly high standard when it comes to providing assistance in mental health S- sounds warped it is warped because you're not supposed to have these types of high expectations you're, you're supposed to go in with a neutral mind and like accept it is what it is uh, there's like I mean there's high standards which is good but there's also like okay reality and high standards mm. it's yeah, so you I, want you I, want to push that reality to get I to that high standard I definitely but... have a disconnect between my expectations and reality and tell me your perfect setup it would be like for a crisis thing crisis setup for me it would be similar to the establishment Miyasa has, the clubhouse, mm-hmm. but uh, more structured. Mm-hmm. Like, um, there needs to be a, a connection with the police. There needs to be uh, more rooms that are so, like for patients to walk in and feel safe. Maybe a few decorations here. And definitely, maybe one or two security guards. Like okay. Bodyguards. Um, how would you address burnout? You basically, well, see, this is true. And the amount of volunteers. Yeah, training. so that's the thing. You need more volunteers than what Miyasa has, in my opinion. Miyasa currently launched the crisis program and the turnout wasn't exactly huge. So, but there was a turnout, you know, there was about 20, uh, yeah, yeah. The 20 of them. And then I, I was like thinking to myself, 20 people to take on the whole of KL. Yeah. Keep Again, going. how would you address that? There's, are you going to, would you want to pay people to get more people? Do you so want... this is where, this is where, you know, you know, no choice. You do, you, you, you do what you, what you have, uh-huh. but there's no point throwing these volunteers to a brick wall because my opinion is that when you do crisis helping, basically you become counsellors, what are your expectations? You're going to manage it very, very seriously. Like, that you expect somebody to come in and just talk about your feelings? No. You're going to see some dark shit. Like, really dark shit. Like, you know, people coming in with scars on their hands and you know they've been cutting themselves. I've seen it. I've been in that kind of world. Like, you know, like... Really let's go Let's go with the extreme. Rapists, uh, killers. Yeah, and that, that. No, that's, that's exactly my point. Mm. Your expectations... Because I think they are, they're aware of self-harm. Uh, they, no, they, they even mentioned expectations it. Expectations is just like that. You know, you have to expect the worst of mm-hmm. the worst coming through the door. Then you are more mentally prepared to deal with it. With it, which is something that Befrienders does in their training. I'm not questioning their training. I mean, like Miyasa could use a lesson from Befrienders, definitely. Okay. But uh, I feel with Miyasa, the okay, level, now we're, we're focus on your perfect, your perfect. Yeah, scenario. yeah, yeah. My perfect thing would be Miyasa combined with Befrienders training. That was a start. 
then at least I'll be like, you know, okay, they they can, they are well equipped soldiers to to fight this war. Right now, you I do okay. nothing. I do believe defenders does the training is what six months or something, and then supervi- mm. three months training, three months yeah. supervision, something. Like That's that. my point. Yeah, if. if Miyasa training is how long? Ah, uh, yeah, again, but you're. Let's focus on your perfect. So <laughs> your my perfect scenario. would be Miyasa's facilities. How would you address the burnout? How would you address the amount of volunteers? More rotations. What, what does that mean? Yeah, like I looked at the time slots for Miyasa, and they are putting people working per like you know they go by blocks. In a day, yeah. So like three hours, three hours morning, three hours uh, afternoon or night or something like that. Uh, and then it's more yeah. than three hours. It's six. Oh, okay, six. Okay, six hours. Let's say six. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that's just too much. Uh, too I much would, what? Too much time. Six hours too long. So like three hours. Three, three hours. hours three hours. Tag, tag somebody in. Okay. Swap. Okay. Unless you are dealing with the current crisis. But you now you need more volunteers. Yeah. So it needs to be a recruitment drive, like. A uh, crisis center should have more uh, presence uh, before they launch. Like they need to be like befrienders is a is a household name, mm-hmm. right? Everybody like you thought. Have you heard of befrienders? Yes. Have you heard of Miasa? What the fuck is that? You know, Miasa is not at that level. It needs to be a point where at least locally, community wise, growing pains. You definitely have to grow. Fair enough, growing pains. But right now, my perfect setup would be an organization that has a larger presence, not as big as Befriended, because Befriended started in London and you know it grew all the way. Uh, I mean, like at least locally on the ground here, like be be a bit more famous. How do you propose to do that? Exist for ten (laughs) for decades. (laughs) Yeah, give a decade roadshows. Uh, events, things like that. You Miyasa know. does that? Yeah, but not enough. I think not enough. Uh, where they, where they, are you going to get the resources for that? No, they... You see, I know the upper management of Miyasa, particularly the president, Juan Anita. She is more focused on work that's on a very high level. Like, she's been talking to government agencies, getting them to try to coordinate with Miyasa, She's working with uh, UN and UN's coming in trying to legalize suicide, you know, things like that. She's working on that level. But De- decriminalize. Decriminalize. Yeah. De- oh, sorry, decriminalize. But, the, so that's the upper level. That's like, you know, things that we won't see for a while. The, the middle to lower, lower management, in my idea, would be like, okay, organize. You are basically a manager. Sounds oh, like they need someone like you to be in middle management. Yeah, I, I, just <laughs> I myself am recovering from burnout. And I'm an OKU. So you know how hard it is. It is hard, but you're asking me my perfect setup. And I know that's my expectation. Okay. I know there's a disconnect with reality. Okay. I did say this is a disconnect. Like I'm not pushing this to happen. I'm just saying that this is in my imagination. Yeah. In a perfect world. I mean... No, in a perfect setup, that would be my setup. How how would you want befrienders to function differently to get closer to where you want it to be? 
I'm actually fine with befrienders. I'm not fine with me. Didn't you like bash it so much just now? <laughs> no, I bash befrienders because I told you I had a bias against them, which I'm trying not to do because okay. of my mom. Okay. So please understand that. You know, I made it clear. It's a bias. So. Yeah, but then you're like going I, there. I'm just like giving my lackluster. I, I'm giving my experience. Okay. My perspective. Okay. okay. It might be totally different now because I heard that they went through a recruitment drive and they went through a they went through a, a reformat befrienders in 2018 like they they tried to improve i don't know how well they 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 went because if they only got two phones still did they have two phones in 2018 uh yeah fuck no change so I mean, let's just agree that the friendos has like their capacity issues, right? Mm. Okay, so, so yeah, like, so capacity really... issues is one. So when you ask me what's the perfect setup and why I'm bashing it, I'm like, improve the capacity. I mean, like I understand it's a resource. It's thing. a resource thing, but at least do something to try. Maybe do a charity drive to 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 improve. I have not heard any type of large drive to improve the capacity like i have only heard they did a recruitment drive and they maybe got 60 or 80 new volunteers and then they trained them and then only a few were selected to join so maybe you cut it down to a 15 of them managed to pass the the training Mm -hmm. i'm like that's all fine and good i mean like if you're happy with 15 new members yeah but what can the 15 new members do with, with your phone capacity? That's another thing. I mean, like, maybe you just want to increase it to six phones. And I, I fought very hard mm. to get them a huge discount. And it's very rare. Telecom Malaysia does not give discounts. I mean, to corporations. Don't they? I feel like they recently changed it. Like, it's free. Yeah, you can. No, no. You see, if you are non-commercial entity, yeah, you can get a lot of free stuff. Mm. Free phone calls to TM to TM, whatever. But if you're a corporation or you're an uh, NGO entity, TM treats you differently. Very differently. Because uh, money, money, whatever. And I that time, I spoke to my director at the time. I said that they are not a company. They are an NGO. So we have to treat them like they have no money. Then they say that, yeah, but we don't run a free business. So please donate to Befrienders. And if anyone is interested to become middle management in Miasa, um, Google them. Okay. I mean, Miasa has plenty of talent, but they're not being fully utilized. Uh, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll give an email to Paneta to suggest you to Oh, you can try but you can become, try uh, I mean there's no harm trying to, to email the president of NGO and hope she responds to you she does respond but I, I don't know what she's going to respond to you uh, it's good to try where were we <laughs> um, uh, you were talking about counseling I think why did you to go on to yeah. yeah, you still didn't tell, me, tell us like, you know, why you made the jump. Because uh, I'd like to expand on this a little bit. 
it takes a certain amount of self-awareness to know that counseling is what you want to do and that self-awareness is rare and it's a strength to understand that there, I mean like you need to be aware of your emotions and how to manage it and come we coming from a very Asian culture we don't usually do that we are like you know clamp up mm-hmm. and all that so when did you discover you had that insight into your own emotions and when did you just click in your brain like you know what I'm going to be a counsellor that's like a, have you have you even made that that's that jump or you just like I mean at that point I was like a few years in my journey recovering from depression right so so at the timeline is uh, you quit your job with the remote thing and then you took a break no 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 no, no. Uh, this was in 2017 but by then like I mean I've been I had been like Dealing with depression for like around six years, six, point? seven years. Sorry? Were you jobless still at that point or were you still working that job? No, I mean, um, you knew you had depression like before you studied. Yeah, and yeah. Okay, so 2017, you were still, you, you quit already? 2017, I was in Melbourne and then I moved to Malaysia mm-hmm. at the end of, yeah, around like October, November. How long did you stay in Melbourne? Four years? Yeah. Um, Never knew. Yeah. So during that time, I was like still. Are you okay with people? Uh, yeah, a yeah, lot of people. Fine. A lot of people go to America. Okay. A lot. I'm like, like, oh, I have to. Like leave, all my friends I have to leave so much things now. <laughs> no, okay, no, okay, no, okay, no, 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 it's fine. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I was like just dealing with depression for a few years, and then um, went for therapy, all that stuff. Um. Woo-hoo. I think, uh, yeah. Big average. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, and just a lot of reflection, a lot of healing, a lot of like, whatever, you know. So I think the idea came to me about counseling because I thought like, you know, I'm already being that counselor, therapist friend for people. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. why not get paid for it? Of course. <laughs> of course. Very nice. Um, so and, money drove you. I mean, not money, but I guess like just the whole like, um, I think when I moved from Melbourne, mm-hmm. I was feeling like I had come a long way mm-hmm. from my, my, from my like bottom, bottom point, mm-hmm. but I was still feeling like very purposeless mm-hmm. and like, oh, what am I doing in my life? Class- and, classic depression. Yeah, classic depression. And I felt like, um... I would. I wasn't going to like recover from depression if I didn't figure that out. Figure what I what I wanted out of life, and um, so that idea just came to me, which like I thought about for like a year or two. Mm. Um, and I think the whole thing with the job uh, that wasn't right for me was that it made me realize that I wasn't really living to my own standards or values hmm. um which like i i got the job i think partly because i was feeling pressure from my dad to like get a job <sighs> right so it was yeah. like i got it really quickly like a few months after I yeah moved here, right almost the same exact situation yeah, yeah. yeah. so um i just felt like i wasn't 
I wasn't doing my own thing. I was just like trying to live up to other people's expectations. Mm. And and at the same time, I didn't know what I wanted mm. or who I was or what I wanted to prioritize in life. Mm. And like, I think me applying for counseling was kind of like when I decided it was like an instantaneous like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to do this. Like, mm. a, like a leap. And it felt right. So I did it. And actually, like, I had applied late. But the person Ooh, was yeah, like... Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> you you said it felt right. Mm-hmm. Can you expand on that? Like, I'm really fascinated with that feeling like, oh, what makes it right? I'm pretty sure in the time you took to decide what you want to do, yeah. there are other ideas that came into contention, right? Yeah. It yeah. can't only be counseling. So... Yeah. Why counseling one out against the others? To move the person. God damn it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you, we can check the waves and yours are pretty... This is why well, I'm buying you the new setup. Uh, cool, thank you. <laughs> God damn it, Jim. Right, so, yes, I would really like to know, you know, because I had a similar experience. Like, there are many ideas what to do. What I chose won out. And my reason is simple. Follow the money. Right? Because I'm a very... I came from a very money-driven background. So, like, money is king. But I believe from what you tell me, and this is my assumption, you come from a very privileged background. Like, money is not really such a big driving motivating factor. It's more passion and dreams. And I'm pretty sure your parents supported you. They're a bit well off. So, putting that aside, like my choice to go into sales and things like that was, and it felt right because I just was blinded by the money. Like, oh, my starting salary is 4000 I'm like, compared to my other friends who start with 2000 mm. fresh grad. I'm like, I'm doing pretty well, you know, I got to flex. I got to flex a little bit. And I did flex and, you know, it felt good. It felt good to flex, you know, like the, the, the drinks... The, the the expensive dinners, uh, uh, yeah yeah, Jim, fuck you. Yeah, I didn't tell you to do that. Every time I said fuck you, it works. So yeah, so you know, and um, I don't really spend money on myself. At that time, I was in a relationship, and I spent a majority of my wealth on my partners. And but I'm happy to do it, and it felt good. Right, so money was a the deciding factor for me. But looking back in retrospect now, boy, did I fuck up. Right? I didn't pursue my passion. I followed the money. How did yeah. you find out this is what you want? Yeah, that was my... That, that, I was getting to that, Jim. <laughs> I was getting to that. Long tangent. <laughs> you know my style. Fuck you. you. You you talk shaming me? She... You only have like... You talk shaming me? It's already 12.15. I'm talking, you know. I'm trying. You're just as bad as the Dungeons & Dragons group. I mean, we oh, haven't even touched that. Thing. We haven't even touched that. But yeah. Uh, Screw you! I feel like, I, okay, I feel like knowing what you really, really want. Like, really want. Like, not not just, okay, I want money. But no, do you really want money? Like, how do you, how do you yeah, find out? I feel out? like Olivia okay. got the answer, yeah, so, so I'm trying to dig for it. <laughs> yeah, so what's the magic potion? <laughs> um, I think at that point, it wasn't about what I wanted necessarily. It wasn't like about an end point that I was aiming towards, but it was more like 
Okay, I'm taking this step and inside I feel like okay, okay, I know this this doesn't really answer the question, but hmm. um it felt congruent with um myself. As in like there wasn't like an internal congruent? Co- yeah, like kind there's, of like just there's con- no dissonance. Yeah, yeah no yeah. like what's the meaning of that word? Con what congruent? It's like aligned. Like parallel? Yeah. Kind no, not parallel. But it's yeah, aligned. Oh, uh, yeah. aligned. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just gonna use that aligned. <laughs> I'm dumb! Stop using big words. You gotta that's okay. <laughs> Watch out, Jim! I was just never mind. <laughs> I won't I won't get into it. <laughs> Continue. Right, sorry. okay, align, align. I uh, understand that. Um it just, I didn't. You didn't be- have to change so much of yourself to be good at what. Uh, mm, it didn't take like so many mental leaps, I guess, mm. to for me to arrive at that point. Or it it had taken me a long time to think about it already. Or I knew what what wasn't working in my life. Or I knew what wasn't the path that I wanted to take. And I knew that like, if I followed the money, then I would be miserable. Or like if I followed, not like, I mean, obviously money, you need money. Yeah, of course. But more of like, if I'm just only considering money, then um, then I will just end up depressed and anxious mm. all the time. Mm. Um, so in that sense, I guess maybe I was just running away from what would put me into another depressive episode. <laughs> no, yeah, that's, that's probably the first step. I mean, yeah. congratulations, you had the insight to realize that faster than most. I didn't oh, realize that to after, oh, I wouldn't after consider it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean like, you know, it, it's, I find it a very commendable feat when you realize that, okay, what I'm doing is just following the money. It's not what I really want to do. And there are so many people that will never realize this. They just keep following the money and mm-hmm. for some for most, they're happy with it. Yeah. Because, you know, money is king. Mm. You, Money is king. You get to do a lot of, uh, you get to do a lot of shit with money. Music to my ears. But uh, it's, um, the difference between following your passion and money is a very thin line. Some follow their passion and can make money. Mm. Right? Some don't care about the money. They just want to follow the passion. Some only follow the money and open. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, yeah. so like, for somebody to make the mental leap, like, okay, I'm not going to follow the money, even though the money has a lot of pros. Mm. I'm going because it's going to make me depressed going through that route. I want to find something that makes me happy, right? So that, how do we solve James' problem? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Jim. I'm... You talk shit to me. I'm not talking. I'm, I'm just saying, isn't, isn't that what you want? right now no I'm commending that she was able to make that decision Mm. you know because a lot of people can't do that so I'm giving her a commendation Jim right I'm not trying to block your commendation (laughs) you're blocking my conversations man god damn you Jim Uh, okay so my question would be because you know depression is you can't cure it you you kind of live with it she didn't answer our question yet what was our what question? Was question? What made you choose counseling versus the other uh, ideas that 
I'm pretty sure we okay. It was okay, congruent. So, so I had other uh, my other idea was okay. to go down like inter- international relations. Uh, no, international development. Yeah. And what does, um, that, what does that mean? It's like you work for UN? That sort of jobs, yeah, working with like uh I guess higher level things. Or like you fly to like Africa and help the children there. Like that kind of work. I guess so. I mean, you could work in Malaysia for that kind of work. Yeah, there are there are programs that send you over to like remote parts of the world to build a school and teach. That sort of shit. Yeah, yeah. Things like that, you know. Because like, I I almost did that kind of work and freaked me out. Yeah. So why? Um, I figured that for me, the one-on-one connection is important. Um, because so much of my depression was like. Being detached from the world mm. and from other people, so mm. um, sure. yeah. I I just thought of something uh, that will for my personal curiosity. So we rewind the clock back to two thousand seventeen, right? Mm-hmm. So we're in two thousand seventeen. Were you in a relationship then? No. Oh, uh, okay then. When sorry, well, which year did you get into a relationship? Twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. Um, twenty. 20- 2019, yeah. Were you still struggling with depression and, then? End of 20, 2018, actually. End of 2018, yeah. You, were you still struggling with depression then? Yes. So my question would be... Um, Sounds how, very like court, like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's my legal training kicking yeah. in, alright, so... What, you should gonna shame me? No, no I'm, I'm, not, again, I'm just putting it Screw out. you, Jin. I'm just putting no, it out. No, you set up for you. I'm, I'm not, keeping your toys. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not shaming you. I'm just like, uh, it's like... Screw you, Jim. Where were you on this day? And were you this? And then, No, 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 I, I'm not shaming. So my question... It's interesting. My question is, how did your relationship play a part in your journey through depression? Because I'm sure, like, you know, relationships tend to help. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to help, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, Ideally, of Yeah, course. because I realized that I was in depression in my relationships and it had a negative effect on my relationships. So I didn't manage it that well. So, like, you know, I'm curious because you project the image that you are doing very well in mm-hmm. a relationship. Yeah. You, know, you, you project it. <laughs> You know, living with your, your partner, things like you project it. So, I'm extremely curious and fascinated. How did you do it? Like, how did you manage the depression and also maintaining a solid relationship? I'm sure there'll be aches and pains and arguments and yeah. things like that. But rewinding the time to present, like, you made it, right? We started from the bottom, now we're mm-hmm. here. Like, how, what, what, what did it play in your depression? How did it help? Or was it very difficult at first? Like, you know, you couldn't connect with your partner because of the depression. But, or is it like you connected better because of the depression? Or, you know? Like, well, we'll get into that. But before that, I'm just curious. Uh, what is your relationship with depression? So, it like, because I feel like we're talking about it. I feel like we're talking about it as if you're cured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're, I mean, surely... Uh, I'm, maybe I'm just talking about myself, but it's pretty common with everyone. It's like, you're cured? No, it sounds <laughs> like, oh, how did you do that? How did you get into... But 
like yeah, how do you feel so, about your depression are you it um, is a is it a constant struggle is it like oh i'm managing it or oh i think currently if we talk about depression as like lack of motivation apathy mm. um sense of despair hopelessness helplessness that sort of mental stuff um I don't find those things as much of a struggle anymore. What I do struggle with is uh, the kind of leftover fatigue from it. Um, like, I mean, I know that okay, from, from Google, mm-hmm. <laughs> I know a lot of people struggle with like um, just a sense of fatigue even after recovering. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, like, I don't have a lot of energy. And because of that... Um, I struggle with sometimes like motivating myself to do stuff, uh, to going out, uh, to connecting with people. Thank you for coming out. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> At the very start, is it difficult for you to be here? Because if you we apologize. Ah uh, no, actually no. Suckering you not into for this. Today. But it's I've a good thing because you know <laughs> seeing people face to face. It's like it's so good for depression. You would say yes. anything to get your podcast, don't you, Jim? I'm just saying socializing helps. Whatever, Jim. You're so transparent. <laughs> Fuck you. All right. So yes. So basically, uh, okay. you are struggling with fatigue. Yeah. So I struggle with. So I'm in, currently in therapy again because I I'm struggling with. Is there any good therapy like, simulation? I just go to the free one at my uni because it's free. <laughs> bravo. Bravo, but uh, quality, man. Quality of the mental health treatments here in Malaysia is severely poor. I mean, you you come from Melbourne, so you can clearly see a difference, right? I can, um, see, a, I can see a pattern with how you view local support. But anyway, continue. I mean, just on that, I yeah. mean, it's hard for, for every country because, I mean... It's it's hard to like find someone that you click with in the first place. Mm, so like exactly, regardless yeah. of quality, so, and I think yeah. there are good good ones here. But it, the the thing is like yeah. it's about finding, finding that relationship. Yeah. Like yeah. a therapist, you can build a relationship. Yeah, for yeah. me, it's the same because I went to one that um uh my uh, someone recommended it. I'm not gonna say who. Uh, and at first, it's like okay, I'll just talk to you about my problems. We'll talk about mm-hmm. it. And, okay, yeah, sure, but. It only took like a year or so after like when I really reached my bottom and mm. I that's when I really it's not not to say that I was hiding stuff from my therapist but yeah. it's only yeah. like later it's like I feel like I just want to talk about every single thing that's yeah. in my head and then that's when it's like oh I have this relationship yeah. I have this uh, connection truth or myth that's so normal better therapist yeah. costs a lot of money True for me. Myth. Okay. <laughs> um, you? Jim? Sorry, what? Better therapist uh-huh. costs money. Okay, so you compare free mm-hmm. and, and, and paid therapists, which is better. I think maybe uh, higher paying ones or uh, the more expensive ones probably have more qualifications and stuff like that, more experience. But at the end of the day, it's that relationship that you need to find. It's knowing that oh this therapist how this therapist talks to me it it lets me open up talk about my problems i'm receptive basically yeah uh, style style, personality um technique uh willingness to just open up to them it's it's hard to like know okay this therapist works for me just from one meeting maybe you can tell but it's 
it, it wasn't the case for me. So you took a year. A year plus, yeah. I mean, my first uh, therapist that I stuck with for a long time, I think the first six months, I like barely said a word mm. during therapy. So, mm. yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. it mean, really depends wait, 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 on like, where you're at. You, you didn't say much. I mean, is that how it works? You sit down in a room with the therapist <laughs> and you just clamp up? I mean, it, it really depends on you yeah, uh, depends. and depends Isn't on the, the therapist. The therapist's job uh, is to get you to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but also sometimes it takes time. Yeah, sometimes it takes time. Sometimes that's that's the problem where you have to work on first. Like, why don't you open up? Maybe you can work on that. Yeah. Not maybe not say it directly, but you know, try to create that rapport to get to a point where oh yeah, you I guys can are more experienced than me dealing with therapies. That's why I keep telling you. Shut <laughs> <laughs> up, Jane! To... Don't shame me. I'm don't not... guilt me I'm into not... going to a therapist. I, I committed. I... I promised you I will go for group therapy. I'm just afterwards. saying. I I just for so many times, not just you, but to almost everyone that I've been seeing uh, the past couple of months. Like therapy is good. Therapy is great. Yeah, you might not. It might not work for first time, but no, just try it. Just find one that's good yes, for you. Stick with it, right? But uh, I don't know. It, it just the concept of a therapist to me is a little weird. Like, you expect them to cure you in one session? No. I expect to have an answer at the end of the day. Maybe the answer is that you can't get to the answer at that session. I don't What's know. the fucking point? <laughs> it's... Look, I get the concept that some people too are... Too high of an expectation. Yeah, so I get it that some people are comfortable with the fact that maybe there will never be an answer to their problems. Maybe. But I don't believe in that. I come from a very logical, logical legal background infrastructure that always has a conclusion. At the, if there's no conclusion, I don't pursue it. It's no, I mean, of, I think therapy yeah. is supposed to have a conclusion. Like, it, mm. it's not the end of your personal story, but like, if you're there to address a specific problem, then like, I, I think a good therapist will have that in mind and like, mm. work with you to have like, to formulate a goal so mm. that you can work towards that goal. Mm. Um, I think a, a sign of a bad therapist is if they're going to like keep you there for like never-ending sessions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to become a therapist, yeah. right, if you can correct me, you're, you're good. Mm, that's the pressure. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, no, no, see, I don't think any therapist can correct me because I have a very high EQ defense. Ooh, tell that to the therapist and like, yeah, oh, that. that I, okay, this kind of this person. Same, okay. <laughs> to be honest, I did see therapists before. No, yeah, I, I, we're not. Well, uh, again, okay, I'm not so shaming you for not doing it at all. Sorry, um, I met one therapist from a Christian group. It was free. Yeah, uh, he had a master's in clinical psychology, and uh, I saw him for four months, mm. and. Okay, then uh, and then another one who is very famous. His name is Dr. Paul Jumbo Nathan. He's actually on Google. He's got his own podcast. He's actually very popular in Malaysia. Like he got his radio show and stuff like that. Sure. So he saw me and his conclusion is that I have a very high EQ and uh, that will serve me very well to combat the depression. So... Uh, he says that, but that's a double-edged sword because 
you actively block uh, psychological treatment. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, can you identify why? He gave me a few suggestions. Some I agree, some I disagree. One of them is that I always feel that they're not qualified enough Mm-hmm. to diagnose me because I have a little I have a lot of ego and pride in my own field like sales I did it for nine years and I have a legal degree so I'm not that I'm not that stupid right I can understand things I notice that I can understand things faster than, than others and um, that caused me to have a very high ego Mm-hmm. and, and uh, pride so when a psychologist when a therapist tries to tries to tinker with me I defend against it I'm like yeah I know what you're trying to do but you ain't gonna get shit from me because I know the tricks I know the techniques I know every, I know most of what they're trying to do when they ask a question I know they're observing I know they're you know so I actively portray a different image which I'm trying not to do mm-hmm. but I'm trying to be more real to myself mm-hmm. but I always portray a different mask. Sounds like that doctor got you down really well. <laughs> like, oh, so you oh, have to Oh, one, that's one theory. Yeah. The other uh-huh. theory is, like you say, style and bond. Mm. If I don't bond with the therapist, nothing's going to happen. Like, if I don't feel like I can feel comfortable and safe, right? That's the golden rule of therapy. You need to make your patient feel safe and comfortable. If they don't feel... I don't feel safe and comfortable with any therapist. Do you I, have it? Mm, sorry. <laughs> yes, counselor. Senpai. Senpai. <laughs> yes. Wow. I was going to ask if you have any tips on how to shop for a therapist. Ah, um, uh, yes, please. Yeah, shop I mean, just it. on that point on the relationship, I think it's like any relationship. You're not going to form was, a bond yeah, like, was, in yeah, like one session. Exactly. Um, that's, that's interesting though because for me, I believe the first impression it's the most important. Then, you know I mean? then get a shit ton of first impressions of different therapists. I feel like. <laughs> if, if you if you want to stick uh, stick yourself to that. No, because like I understand that bonds don't form over time, but I'm not talking about bonds. I'm talking about the impression. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. if yeah. I I meet you for the first time, uh, I will be very neutral, mm-hmm. right? But uh, I'm already testing you. I'm already testing your vibe and your boundaries. Like, I'm observing everything, like, what jokes you make, how you walk, how you interact. Let's say we we go out for a new friend Mm -hmm. for dinner, right? I would actively count how many times they play with their phone during dinner. And I would actively count if they go to the toilet to avoid talking. Things like that. I'm a bit weird. I, 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 I judge and I calculate. That's the impression I get. Hmm. And if I feel comfortable with that person, then only I begin the process to maybe establish a bond. The, uh, you know, those are clear up. signs that, you know, that yeah, and hanging I, out is not going <laughs> well, I guess. Yeah, but, you know, that's, that's what I'm talking about. So when I go to a therapist, I'm already observing their, them. Yeah. Like whether or not they pay attention to me, uh, what techniques they're using, uh, what is the environment of the room? And so far... Is there incense? <laughs> like, that too, that too. I mean, like, if there's incense, I'm going to think, oh, you're more 
Eastern orientated. Maybe mm. you understand the pains of growing up in a Chinese family. Maybe. You know, I'm calculating all this shit as an impression. And that stops me from forming bonds. Okay, so what what um what aspects do you find like make you think, okay, I'm not gonna go anymore to see this particular therapist? If I am bored mm-hmm. with the therapist or I feel that the therapist serves no no purpose, they're just telling me what I already know and not any type of they're not administering any type of treatment mm. then I'm just like yeah fuck you I, I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna waste my time I'm gonna do something else that maybe makes me a bit more happy mm. okay Which, so I think you are the type of person that looks out for red flags all the time oh yeah everything's a flag and no really. no green flags at all I feel like mm. you know if uh, you know, no, no, like, like those things right yeah okay. you can tell them you can tell them I'm bored I don't think this is working for me. I don't think like you're doing anything to help me. Transparency, yeah. That's like perfectly fine. I don't mm-hmm. think that's like a taboo thing to say. Yeah, you can totally be upfront. And I don't think like that's necessarily a red flag for me for therapy. Therapy because it's more of like mm, or I, I don't know. Red flags for me are like if I don't feel empathy from them or if I don't feel understood. Or accepted. That's the thing. The empathy I feel from therapists, mm-hmm. I feel is fabricated. It's not real. They're, they're basically either paid to be empathetic or they are just showing empathy for the moment. It's not who they really are. You know what I mean? It's like who you really are is an empathetic, compassionate, kind person. I gravitate to that. And I, I will naturally form a bond with people like that. But if it's fake, if you're doing it just because it's your job to show empathy, you're not really that type of person. I can't, I can't, I can't, I don't understand. Like, I can't... Thoughts on that? It is their job to show empathy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a, I feel like it's, it's like a, it's like a, I don't know, what do you call it? A double-edged catch sword? Catch-22. Yeah, catch-22. Yeah. Because you're the one that's paying them, right? So you can't expect them Let's to take be like... you, for example. Mm-hmm. Right? I get the feeling that you do show true empathy. But you're not paying her. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not paying her. You, fuck you, Jim! Jim, stop exposing me like this. I'm getting a free session. I'm just... Screw you! I'm just... You, know, okay, you asked me to go to therapy and there's a counsellor right here. Counsellor to be and yeah, but you're yeah, telling... You're exposing me. I'm not... So do okay, I have to pay so, her now? Okay, so just, let, let's see. Let, I mean... Let's, let's, let's <laughs> unpack that. So... I, again, I'm I'm not exposing you. I'm just pointing out, like, clearly there's a difference between you mm-hmm. talking to Olivia. Yeah. And, oh yeah I can, I can Disclaimer, I am not therapizing you at the yeah. moment. Yeah. <laughs> at the moment. That, that but, moment. Yeah, I mean, like, that's... It's, it's a... It's like... Example, right? I feel like it's, it's almost clear, like example. you have to, like, oh, let's hang out before I pay you to <laughs> uh, become my therapist. If, Which if, is, that, if that works... If, that, if that's the way it works, it would be great for me. But I know, the, the, yeah, the system doesn't work like that. I get it. I get it. I get it. You know, but again, back to the examples. So, example A, exhibit mm-hmm. A. Sorry, because some of the things I say are memes. So, disclaimer, if I say anything to offend you, I don't mean any malice. It's just memes and jokes and whatever. So, don't get offended. 
Like, I don't think you're a snowflake, so. Okay. What? I am, I am preparing myself for this. <laughs> I'm, I'm going deep, fam. <laughs> I'm going deep. You wanted a podcast. I'm going to give you a fucking podcast. Next time, I should just get kicked uh, out of another uh, D&D again, podcast. I, again, I'll the, get raged up. The, the thoughts and opinions of Jimbo's guest is not a reflection of his <laughs> own thoughts and opinions. Okay, continue. <laughs> you judge for yourself. Screw you, Jim. So, I feel that you show true empathy to to your patients, right? Like, when they, if... How do you know that? That's why I say impressions. <laughs> the vibe I get. But you've never even sat for a session for what? No, no, it's... Again, let me let me. Okay, okay. Let okay. me put into context, <laughs> okay. Jimbo. L- let me put my empathetic listening hat. <laughs> so, please be aware when I talk. There is a very clear. I'm trying to make a very clear distinction between impression mm-hmm. and bond. Right? Oh, sure. So okay. I define bond. Bond is where I start allowing myself to be therapized or to open up or to tell like. Tell my, my side of the story, right? That's bored. I will never do that unless you get past the gate, which is the impression. Hmm. So the impression is my initial instinct to feel the vibe from somebody, their, their, their aura, yeah, yeah. their yeah. demeanor, uh, demeanor. Hmm. their demeanor, their attitude, things like that. If they, you pass my checkpoints, then I feel I can begin to formulate the bond, which is talk about myself and things like that. If you fail the impression, you're never going to get anywhere near me. Are you clear about that? Mm-hmm. So, Olivia, impression, <laughs> impression, no, yeah, not okay. bond, impression I get is past. Mm-hmm. You show true empathy. I think you are a kind person, right? So, because, you know, I'm, I'm doing that thing where I compare. So, I'm comparing her demeanor with Tia's... Tia? Tia! Demeanor. Mm. I didn't say her name. Tia is a nickname. Mm. Right? So, you can clearly see a difference for me. So, like, I gravitate more towards Olivia's demeanor than Tia's demeanor. Mm. Right? So... Uh, again, how does this relate to therapy? Well, you missed... You miss the plot. If you pass the impression, then I allow myself to be therapized by you. Okay, let me ask you a question. Is your impression always right? In my experience, yes. I do not find myself wrong about my impressions most of the time. Because remember, I said I do that weird thing where I look and judge every single thing. I might not know everything. Like, you might be a dominatrix for all I care. You know. Okay. Interesting example. Are you slut shaming? What's How am I slut shaming? It's just that wild. What's so interesting about being a dominatrix in 2020? You can be a dominatrix if you want to. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying. Like step on me the whole. Why would you give that kind of example? But no. It was the first thing that came to my mind. Whatever, we're moving on. Moving on, Jimbo. Yes, please move on. Right, so like, again, uh, usually, I do the weird thing where I calculate everything. 
Like it's not know. weird. Uh, it's it's no, it's it, a, it is it's weird a good because like, I compare it to normal people. People don't it's, do that. It, they don't. No, we they all do, do that. Judge, yeah, we they, all do that. Yeah. They do judge, but I do it at a like OCD level. Like you know, I really really look at everything. Like you know, even to the point where if you speak, I am calculating your your language, your the type of language you do, and I I will get very. How's that working for you? It's working fine so far. Up to today, I've not stopped, and uh, yeah, my impressions are usually right. Usually, right. You know, there of course there are instances where I peg a person to be something, but then after I get close to them, they are not. That happens. Fine. I'm not saying that that that, that doesn't happen. So you're saying that you're surrounded with lots and lots of friends who are just perfect for you, and no, um, I didn't say that. Uh, well, okay, so, so, so about, you know, that's okay, but they're good enough for you. Lack of no, it's because views. I've been friends with them for so long. They they've just been with me since high school. Okay, so what I'm trying to say is, how is that working for you? So is your life better from being doing that? Is is that are you surrounded by people that are? Um, are you Good trying? You. Are you are you are you laying down like a trap cut? I'm not. No, I'm. It's like you're because you are so confident that what you're doing is great for you. That it works for you. How is that working for you? Are are you are you? Do you have like loads and loads of great relationships? Do are you happy with the amount of friends you have? Relationship relationships you have. Uh, Sorry, am, am I am I making sense to you at least? Oh yeah, yeah okay. you're making me trying to self-reflect. Nice try, but but uh, oh well, I mean this in a from a very kind screw you, Jim. Just be honest. I am being honest. You're trying to make I'm me being... self-reflect, Which... and <laughs> no, you're not gonna work because it works. So how do you deal with? I got example. How do you deal with a client like this? Well, I haven't seen clients yet, so. so. <laughs> you're trying to make her work. <laughs> Free labor. You're gonna pay her, man. Oh, says the guy. I'm trying to do this for you. <laughs> I'm just talking to her as a friend. I'm not trying to make. If you I'm not change, making this. I'm not making this a case thing. I'm just uh, saying, yeah, like, if you upgrade her status from friend to therapist, I'm gonna treat her differently. So let's just click it to friend. I'm more. I'm more comfortable talking about it when I treat her because I have a tear list in my head. I told her. I told Jimbo this before. I have a defense mechanism. Almost had to censor that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Jimbo. <laughs> Sorry, Jimbo. So, uh, I have a tier defense system in my brain. Uh, if I put you in, like, for example, tier one, you're an acquaintance. Tier two, you're a friend. You know, things like that. I have a tier system. So, right now, as a friend, I am talking, I am like going through my brain, like, okay, you're a friend. I can talk about this, 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 this. That's how I work. That's how my brain works. But and I'm being okay. I am being very straightforward and not judging and not trying to like trap you in any way. I'm just asking you being like that. Are you happy with your the results basically? Yes and no. Why yes? Why no? Hmm. Yes, because you're my friend. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and. Because I did the whole calculation thing. FYI, calculation-wise, our first meeting, which is that 
session, I was completely silent. You offered to watch Joker with Only you. after that first impression. <laughs> yeah, but that, that counts. Okay, okay. I didn't even know who you were in the in the first meeting. Exactly. Until you you volunteered, and then my calculation started there. Oh, okay. You didn't calculate me while you were in the no, session. No, because okay. you didn't interact with me. No, exactly. You have to interact with me first. So. So didn't you didn't calculate like this guy is not <laughs> social or anything. No, I only calculated <laughs> those that interacted. With them. That was sure. That okay. Was okay. The, the other people. Okay. Yeah. So, yes, it worked for me because you are my friend. Oh. And uh, no, it didn't work for me because I am without a relationship. I mean, I consider that a, a loss. A potential barrier. Yeah. Oh, it is a big barrier because I ever... I told you how I lost people in the past, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that kind of, I believe that that kind of trauma created this image of self-projection. Like, if I'm going to get into a relationship with somebody, that person needs to fit certain criteria, And the standards of that criteria is too high. It's too high. It's too high. Thoughts? Uh, I, I'm not even sure. Where were we? <laughs> We've great, gone like... <laughs> great job leading this interview, Jimbo. Yeah, I never said I was a leader. <laughs> You're the host, man. Get it together, man. Part, part of me is liking all this chaos, so... <laughs> Get it together, man. So... I am together. Yeah, so if uh, if you put me as a case study, uh, I'm a very difficult patient to crack. And uh, that doctor, I joked with him because, like, you know, we became a bit more friendly and we joked. And he said that the psychologist or counsellor that managed to crack you is very, very good. If they can. Because... I can't. Um, I, you know, he, he admitted it. He said, I'm going to let go of my pride, James. I can't, I can't treat you. But you, you're, you're just, your emotional defenses are just too high. You're, you're too guarded around people like this. Any tips? <laughs> this is your chance to yeah. plant the seed so that when you become a counselor, use me as a case study in like two, three years. It's your chance. Mm-hmm. You will remember this day. How, how would you go about like, Helping our friend here, not not as a therapist, yeah. but you know, just w- I mean, what I, what can you do to find a as treatment? a friend? I feel like you find a sort of demented pride in being hard to crack. Like, oh yes, it's twisted, and I kind of like it. But yeah, so yeah. I mean, if you're aware of it, then use it. Then use it instead of how to use it. Use it and. It's a good tell, tell radar. Your, tell your tell whatever doctor or therapist about that. And I, I can't because I feel like they wouldn't understand. They don't pass. It's their job to understand. So, and okay, then, you then, want then, to give let me as rephrase. Much, you want to give as much. Let me info rephrase. To them. Let me rephrase. Not to say they can't. They fail miserably at their job. I think you're putting a lot of pressure. I mean, you're putting a lot of like blame on them, and I think a lot of it is like. What can you do to lower your own defenses before before seeing? I would lower my defenses if they pass the impression, or at least give them more, you know, stuff to work on. I told myself that I would give them three months minimum. I stuck with the therapist for four months. Yeah, but also, like, just tell them like, oh, I really don't feel this. This is not working. 
uh, and then they, they'll get into, okay, so why do you think it's not working? Yeah. Then you can tell them, oh, actually, I feel like you're, I feel like you, I get a stupid vibe from you or whatever. Uh, then yeah, they'll be no like, therapy, oh, so what about no, that? No place has ever gotten that. Well, but because I think like you are setting all of them up to fail. Like none of them will ever pass. Mm. Or, or is it that my defenses are so high the one that passed is the one that gets the cake. Again, no. why would you want that as, uh, like, I am, <laughs> I am so mean? hard to crack. Uh, <laughs> I don't, it's like, it's, it's like a maybe goal you have I'm that. Maybe because scared of getting hurt. Or maybe because, like, if I open up my soul to a therapist and I find there's no answer at the end of the day, that will freak me the fuck out. And I don't think I can deal. If there's, like, if, let's say, the therapist at the end of everything, arrives at the conclusion. There is no answer. It's just a journey and you just have to accept it. I'm going to freak the fuck out and kill myself. You meant demented pride. Is that what you... Yeah. Yeah, uh, Yeah. so your demented pride is like... How, how about... I like that word, demented yeah, pride. Yeah, I, I really like that. that. <laughs> I, use that a I have a demented pride. Use that pride in a more like... I know I'm like this, but I'm going to do what I can in my power to like, okay, I am strong enough to set someone up to, you know, leave a breadcrumb of details for them to figure me out or to try to open up and, you know, let it start. You know, I don't know. Just Yeah, lean that. Somewhere I else. have never had experience doing that. I have to construct a structure from scratch to allow someone in. But, you know, it's not, it's not easy for me. It's not easy to construct something from scratch in my mind and uh, design something to allow somebody to come closer to me. Does that I'm not, like, this... Hack away towards your demented pride that you have. Like, doesn't that diminish that pride that you have? Like, oh, I'm See, so hard to crack. No, but it's a very double-edged sword because the demented pride gave me things. This that... is gonna be a, like a <laughs> term we're gonna use all the time now. <laughs> <laughs> no, because the demented pride gave me things that that I'm grateful for. It gave me a chance to feel real love, even though it was stolen for me. You know. And uh, it gave me... You know what? This is like a really great thing to talk about in therapy. Case <laughs> hey, study. <laughs> you know what? You should pay me. Like, yeah, okay, okay, okay. How about... <laughs> your graduation. When I, when I finish this episode, just give that this episode to <laughs> the therapist. <laughs> like, listen to this first. And you'll know a little bit more about me. Uh, before we go, I'm going to take a quick break to take a week of shit. Thank you for... <laughs> being clear and honest PMI but uh, just let me take away this like when I say it gave my demented pride gave me things I'm, I'm appreciative for what I mean is that uh, it gave me uh, it gave me love it did uh, it was stolen from me but I'm still grateful for it you know so I've become so accustomed to my demented pride being the defense. Hmm. That if you get past it, 
what gets past is like the purest form of happiness that I can I can taste. Or at least something that is worthy. You included, Jimbo. Okay. So do you see how it's a double-edged sword? Like, it gave me you, which I'm very grateful for. Uh, but for at the same time, it robs me of my ability to get closer to people. For me, it's like, are you happy now? If you're happy now, then okay, sure. Just follow whatever you're no, doing. Define happy. What do you mean happy? Do you feel happy? Are you excited uh, every day? No. Then okay. So it doesn't sound like... I want to kill myself. It still sounds like it's not working. Yeah, but... Yeah, it got you some good stuff. It's like um, another example. I'm going to... Uh, scold my child to get good grades. He got good grades, but he's fucked up in other ways. Is that is is that result good for you? Are you happy with that result? So it, it got him I good grades. I it's a good thing, but I don't overall, know any other way to operate. Open so when I say I have up to, two other ways to operate, it's so easy for you to say open up yourself. I don't know how, Jimbo. Yeah, I understand. I don't know how. Bring. I think. Um, you don't mind uh, Olivia mentioned like a really good thing to do like just lower that barrier a little bit maybe How? set your your therapist up for success what do you mean set them up for success I don't like, understand be honest about how you feel uh, even about them like oh yes oh, look it, it's it's hard uh, I'm gonna it, if it's hard for you it's hard for you but you know just try to see what the options are maybe you know find a uh, pathway that works for you. I, I mean, need, I can't tell you to like open... Yeah, you're, I you're right. Know, I can't I tell need, you to just I open up. I need help to construct. Uh, like, I need step-by-step guide to, to, so that, to tell me that, okay, step one, lower your defenses. What do you mean by that? Uh, FYI, this is the first step. Like, you, you're identifying all of the things that, okay, it's hard for me to open up. It's hard for me to like uh, try to set up yeah but then this I don't therapy. know where to go after that can Get we your pause therapist. here I, I want yeah to no yeah that. go ahead yeah. um okay so while James is away I have a question I really want to ask you so you know with depression it's a thing you have to manage and stuff like that and I think definitely knowing what you want helps mm-hmm. so knowing like oh I want to do this that and you know pursuing that as something that you you're gonna do so for you it's counseling and stuff like yeah. that i feel like for me it's uh, it was hard enough to find out what i really actually want to do with my life and stuff like that yeah. and I, I still feel like hmm, it's something that i i probably won't have an answer like an answer that would work for long term or short term mm-hmm. or it's just that okay for now i want to do these things and they make me happy uh, so for in your case do you have that like thought that oh maybe this isn't actually what i want to do or maybe i don't want to do this mm-hmm. anymore do you struggle with that or does that thought ever pop up yeah i i think like I try to be flexible with myself now in terms of I'm not going to say I actually know what I want, but mm. I'm just going to make sure that I'm act- like I'm just on the right direction. Okay. Um, 
And I don't know. I guess I'm a very feeling type of type of person. So I, um, I, I know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like uh, I, I'm kind of like been trying to make peace with that. Um, so not just be, because while I'm a feeling person, I also tend to like intellectualize a lot and to like kind of weigh up all the options and to mm. like try to like decide what's the best solution or like best path for me um i guess uh, an important like pro or con that you have yeah. at least for now is how do i actually feel about it yeah so you put yeah. that into account so like right now how do i actually feel about this about the way i'm currently going mm. and if it's if it's fine then yeah that's then i'll just keep going mm-hmm. um and it might change later on and then i'll just have to reevaluate and that's kind of scary I know. um <laughs> But, like, I guess, you know, whatever I do, I feel like I can use it in the future anyway. Even if it wasn't, like, what I intended. Even if I, like, don't become, like, a counsellor in the future. You can, you I can, can counsel some, your friends. I can just do something else. Yeah. <laughs> I can just go on podcasts for a living. <laughs> don't. <laughs> if you want to do more podcasts, just come here. Just <laughs> don't steal it. Well not like we have that big of an audience but anyway um yeah i mean it's scary it's yeah i've because how i reached my bottom and how i got out of it it's like oh like podcast definitely helped mm-hmm. um and some other stuff as well and I, when i was there and i was starting to get out of it it's like it gave me so much energy to yeah. get out of it mm-hmm. and it gave me a lot of confidence but also i was really careful because I had that thinking that I am so into this right now. What if? Mm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what if suddenly? What if I invest yeah. so much in this and mm. then it just like doesn't turn to anything? Mm. I, I, yeah, yeah, it's scary for me. And mm-hmm. I, the good thing is, at least I'm aware of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, just, I'm just trying to manage that. Yeah, I think there's always going to be stress when it comes to that. It's just more of like accepting that that's just how life is. And there's there's just like pain and discomfort with life and i think like accepting it makes it easier slightly slightly mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i feel like you mentioned that you're more of a feely kind of person mm-hmm. sounded sounded a little bit like that's not the best thing um i have a complicated relationship with my emotions i guess mm. um just because for a long time, I didn't accept my emotions or accept that I was an emotional person, but also because of depression, I felt like I couldn't trust myself. Oh. I like my emotions shifted so much um, that I felt like my it, it informed so much of my behavior. Like I was impulsive um, and I didn't feel like I felt like I changed my mind all the time. Mm. Um, felt like you're being irrational yeah and i didn't feel or i just felt like being emotional was a kind of weakness Mm. um and i guess slowly i just kind of realized that it wasn't really the emotions part that was um bad Mm. quote unquote but it's just more of like how will i want to manage it how do i want to like um deal with it and how can I not let it control my life? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think um, even when I was being emotional, I wasn't 
there's a difference between being emotional and, and like actually listening to your emotions and like mm. acknowledging them yourself versus like um, being emotional and then trying to push it away to the point of depression or like yeah. numbing and then yeah. like um, and then you just end up demonizing your emotions yeah. when they are actually like telling good information yeah, for it's you telling you something yeah. that okay maybe things aren't great now or yeah. it's not working yeah. yeah so I mean now I definitely still struggle mm-hmm. with like um, I think I currently do struggle with my emotions still just in terms of like feeling triggered and then um, struggling to acknowledge it and make sure that I don't hurt people when I'm emotional or when I'm like irritated. Uh Um, Have you identified what triggers you? It's usually like when I feel abandoned or when I feel like condescended towards when I'm like mm. Mm. or sometimes I just wake up irritable you know like Anyone wake up on does, the wrong side of the bed. That kind of thing. But the condescending um, part, yeah, I relate to that. I hate that too. Mm. Yeah. Wait, but before all of that, we are short on time, right? Mm. Yes. So before we continue, I would like to say something, express something to my dear senpai. <laughs> um, you saved me, actually. You, you might not know that, but uh, in your journey to be a counsellor, I'd like to let, let you know that yeah, you gave hope when mm. I didn't see any. And how you did that was, uh, I know exactly when and where. Mm. We were having breakfast at Go that place it. after we yeah. walked in Rukunagara. And you said you moved out of your toxic house yeah. and lived with your boyfriend. You know, I made it. Mm-hmm. You can too. You have no idea how much that gave me hope. And now I'm here. You know, that gave me... <laughs> So much hope because at that point in my life, I really wanted to kill myself. Yeah. Like literally, yeah. I thought to myself, you know, I want to have another stroke and I want to die like that because it's painless, you know. I was like that, that yeah. level, you know. And when you said that, you gave me hope that I couldn't see it at that yeah. time, you know. I was like, it never happened, you know. It's like, oh, I, I don't see any hope. But I clung on to your words very very tightly yeah. uh, but you might not know this but I'm telling you now I clung on to it so tightly and I kept there are nights you know in my house and my mother is calling me useless stupid you know uh, try to get better when stroke or something like that you try you know and then I was crying and I, was, I kept thinking you know if Olivia made it I can follow if someone someone ahead of me did it I can see that, you know, there is a leader in front, like a role model. So I kept thinking, I can make it again. Eventually, got to a point where I offered help. Yeah. And I jumped at it. And I just like, fucking literally <laughs> jumped at it. And, like, I didn't even pack really. I didn't even pack that well. I just shoved whatever. And then I came here, you know. Yeah. yeah so uh, that was a whole story arc. Mm. But the triggering point was your words. And uh, yeah, that... Wow. Yeah, that gave me a lot of hope. And um, so in your journey to be, a, if you do become a counsellor, I hope that you can be very proud of the fact that you know you saved the one person, at least one. And uh, I'm very, very in awe and grateful for that because that word inspired me a lot. Mm. If not, I think I would be in a grave right now, mm. literally. So uh, 
thank you. And uh, that's why I call you senpai. And uh, yeah, so I wanted to get that out of the way before we continue whatever. Sure. Right? Phew, finally, I feel like I'm finally going <laughs> off my chest. So, Dad, does that classify as opening up Jimbo? Screw you, Jimbo. Don't look at me like that. I never said you can open up. Maybe not to therapists. <laughs> uh... Any parting words? I Actually, a lot more we can talk about. But, I have. Uh, I, you, time. I still didn't get an answer for a few questions. Okay. One was that how did your relationship play a part in your journey of depression? That was one, and I still have not heard like you know. Um, what was that? Uh, yeah, you said you align yourself to counseling, mm-hmm. but. Is that what, what, really what you want to do? Because we just touched a little bit. We were just talking about that. Yeah, um, yeah. It's not... You talk about it with him. Yeah. But I have a different perspective. My perspective is that, you know, I did counseling work. You didn't even hear what we talked about. No, no but I want to... Before you... Before I hear and get influenced by what you talked about, I want to give my perspective. No, yeah, sure, sure. So my perspective, unfiltered, is that I did counseling work before. Like... I know the, the the trainings and things like that. I know it's it's like, but uh, when I I had an expectation going into counseling, like uh, you know, it's going to be talking about feelings and understanding, identifying emotions, uh, behavioral symptoms, patterns, blah blah blah. Why was I fucking wrong? I was introduced to a very very fucked up chaotic messed up world like patients I wasn't the counsellor at the time I was just like interning like you know standing at the back taking notes and the amount of people the type of people that walk through the door I dealt with a child rapist pedophile that his problem was he couldn't stop jacking off to child pornography and he was on the verge of committing pedophile mm-hmm. rape. Mm-hmm. Now, if I was there as a counsellor, I would be like, what the fuck do you do with this? Call the police and just lock him up. But you can't because it's confidential. Nope. Mm-hmm. So, what do you do? What do you do? That time, my senior, who is qualified counsellor, did the whole, try to identify why he had a fetish for pedophilia. Were you touched as a child? And yes, he was touched as a child. Things like that. So it's very dark and gritty and and painful. And then another client came in that was raped. Right. Uh, she was raped when she was seven. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Mm. When she became a teen, she got raped even more because she grew back breast. And yeah, I, I like how do you deal with that kind of shit? You know, it's like, you got raped. How do you counsel that? I mean, like, you know, you need to identify that you you, you acknowledge your rape. We need to address the situation. Have you done anything about it? How do you feel about it? Yeah, but th- to me, that pointless. It's pointless. The person was raped. End of story. I mean, what you can do about it. You, you, you know, it's a, it's a very dark, gritty world. And then there were the violent ones. Okay. 
you know, the violent ones, that's why I said you should have security mm-hmm. belts. You know, they they, they mm-hmm. got violent. Like I remember one time I did counseling in UK. So I remember one time I was sitting down, I was just finding my own business and we were just chilling. The guy came in and he was shaky. He was shaking. And we were like, oh, this is good. This one, this fucked up day. This is going to be a fucked up day. I was like in my head, oh God, oh God, please don't kill me. Please don't kill me. And then he whipped out a knife. Right? But at the time, my counsellor was steadfast. Okay. Yeah, my counsellor was like, calm down. No one's going to hurt you. Right? No one's going to hurt you here. You're in a safe place. So he eventually put down the knife and found out that he has dark thoughts about killing someone. So your question is, how are you... No, no. Are you going to be prepared? Let me, yeah, let okay. me frame mm-hmm. my question. Mm-hmm. Are you sure your expectations to be a counsellor is fitting both light and dark parts of that world? Do you understand that there is that thing and you were going to face... That's just light. You know, there are schizophrenias and bipolar disorders that you can't do anything about it, right? Quick, than, quick question. What kind of counsellor are you going to be? So, yeah. yeah so, if like, you're, so you, are you... Are you considering crisis management and stuff like that? No, or? not really. Okay, so so if that's the case, you don't know what counselor you want to be. That's my question. Your expectation. So, are you expecting to be just like managing the light side of counseling, like you know, people that are confused about their sexuality, people who are you know lost and confused and burnt out, like you? That's light for me. I consider it light. Or do you have expectations that? eventually, inevitably in your journey, you're going to meet darker cases. And are you prepared to face those darker cases? That's my question. Are you, your expectation level? Where is it? Like, you know? Um, I'm expecting to see dark side. Yeah. Okay. And you are prepared to face those head on? I don't know, but I... I don't know if I'll be prepared, prepared, but... Like, I will, right now, how I'll, are you feeling? I will prepare, like, as much as I can. Mm-hmm. How, no, I will prepare is one thing, but how do you feel about it? Like, is there something you want to do, or you rather just do the other thing? Like, how do you feel about it? Because, I mean, I don't want to be that guy, but I'm playing devil's advocate here. I'm just trying to prepare you a little bit for what in for for what might lie ahead. Surely, mm, you, you know, kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. It's not, I mean... I'm not... Yeah. So how do you feel about it? Like, you know, you're... If it comes, it comes. If it comes, I'm going to face it head on or I'm going to actively find it and and, and, and deal with it. Like, First I want... I'm going to... Yeah. As you come, if it yeah. comes, it comes. Mm-hmm. So I assume that you're going to be the type of counsellor that deals with lighter problems rather than darker problems. How sure would you classify that? that? I like, mean, I mean... No, I mean like, how? <laughs> what's, how do you? So, what kind of counselor are you when you deal with the more fucked up stuff? How how do you classify the type of counselor where you? So, it, I mean, mm. there's this crisis management. So that's probably yeah. the more I mean, fucked can, up stuff. We can look at it in terms of like, what am I qualified for as a counselor? Okay, I'm yeah. not gonna be qualified for like clean psych stuff. So like mm. more like heavier disorders like mm. schizophrenia mm. and stuff. It's not something that I would be qualified to even handle um but i mean it's it's part of it's part of my training to like be able to handle the dark shit 
Um, and if I can't, then I have my own like supervisors to help me, peers, oh, for the oh. training and stuff. By like no that. means, I'm saying you can't handle the dark shit. Uh, I, you might be great at it. I'm just saying, like, you know, because, like, for me, example, like, when I think about handling the dark shit, mm-hmm. I am terrified and petrified because it's it's real, you know, people are hurt. And your decisions have such a big consequences on their life. Yeah, I think it's normal to be scared about it. And I think it would be bad if you're not scared. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just more of, like, okay, yeah, being aware of that fear working through it, acknowledging it, and... Knowing um, what to do, basically. Yeah. Knowing, in that situation. Knowing what to do and knowing your limits and just making the decision, decisions that you need to make. Excellent neutral answer. I like it. What What are you <laughs> expecting? No, don't ask me what I expect because, like... I, have I, I live for the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, Jay! I don't know. I mean, I, I'm trying to figure out what, no, what I you expect. Mean. Yeah. My expectations of a counsellor to be equipped, at least equipped with the basic tools to handle emergency crisis situations. Yeah, I'm because sure, they I'm might, sure. they oh, yeah. they will come, whether you like it or not. You know, you can't control who comes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can't control it. You know, so a very meek, mild, timid person might come and see you, but then suddenly, die, die. You never know. It happens. I've seen it. In legal cases and... So but, have I. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So, she's like trained in, in this, like proper. It's not like, it's not like I don't know some how, other training. I don't know how properly trained you are. So, uh, a master's degree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I say, a master's to me, you learned about it, but not necessarily you experienced it firsthand. That's, and that, it depends this is on where what? I have fucked up expectations, Jimbo. It's what, what, huh? Yeah, because you see, when you say uh-huh. you have a master's, you're assuming that the person went through intense psychological training what? to go through this. You're assuming you're that... You're prepped to... You know, you, you know that how do this you might know, happen. How do you know they're prepped? I have trust in master's degree in the university that I goes to at least. I don't. So that's my expectation. So that's my perspective. It's I basic don't. training, no? Yes. It's be- I mean, Befrienders does that. So I I have confidence that at least Befrienders, I mean, her university so has my experience, be- better training. So than my experience, Befrienders. I had basic training as well. Like you know, they tell you that you have to steal yourself, control your fear, identify that you know it's it is scary, and you have to know that it's scary to move forward. You know, basic training. But my perfect is when I witness it firsthand. Well, that's a different thing. You need experience to get through that. Yeah. Um, but at least you have the training to okay know what to do when that happens. Uh, this is how you training varies for me. Training varies because what like, kind of training are you? It feels like there's a training that you have like a ideal yeah, picture of. So, so it's like oh the, go to prison environment. The picture and, I have probably you're going to go through it is that when you start practical, you will shadow a certified counselor. Mm-hmm. You will shadow that person. And you maybe sit in on sessions with them and experience. And so that will open up a variety of uh, cases. Some get extremely lucky that the person, the senior that they're shadowing doesn't get any weird cases. They get, you know, pleasant ones. Okay, my practicum is going to be in a university. So I'm not going to be like, 
It's not gonna be like a hospital or yeah. a prison setting. Um, oh, counselors don't have to just deal with fucked up shit. I feel like. Would you agree? Or yeah, of course. Like you know, there are student counselors, career counselors, things like that. Is that what you're going for? No. No. Okay. No. So then you're leaning towards a more crisis, right? Because no, there's a spectrum. Just a range. Not, yeah. Just a range. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm not sure yet. But I, I'm not really sure your, what, what your point is. Yeah, I feel like you have a f- very strong fascination and magnetism towards the fucked up shit. And you want to know that other people are prepared for that. When, you know, counselors can be any kind of counselor. It can be a marriage counselor. It can be a this counselor and that counselor. Okay, so... Because I see you as a friend and a senpai, I project uh, worry mm-hmm. that when if you do encounter dark shit you might get hurt and then when you said that you know you get irritational and thing i i i project that mm-hmm. uh, which is bad of me i uh, you know you one day just wake up irritable go to work as a counselor and then you meet somebody that's easily triggered mm-hmm. and that person might lose their shit basically and you might get hurt physically not mentally mm-hmm. physically in the process so I'm concerned so that's why like you know I just want to make sure that you know okay there is dark side and there's dark side can extend all the way okay. up to physical violence I am I'm aware of the professional yeah. hazards yeah. of this occupation yeah okay so yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, wrap it up. That's about it, folks. Um, anything you wanna? Um, no. Thanks for having me on. It's thank been fun. you for <laughs> dropping by. Um, drop by again, or I mean, if it's too hard, maybe you can. We're trying to see if we can do Zoom. Uh, if that's easier and stuff like that. So do yay. drop by. Yes. Thank you, thank you, Olivia. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> That's it for our show. I love hearing about crazy people helping other crazy people out. Just kidding, folks. All respect for Olivia. I hope y'all enjoyed today's episode. As always, email is always open to questions, suggestions, and the like. That's Jim for Jimbo for you at gmail.com, J-I-M-B-E-A-U-F-O-R-Y-O-U at gmail.com. Get updates on the JBFY Twitter and Instagram feed. Same handle. We're on Stitcher and Apple Podcasts now too. Woohoo! Give a nice review and make someone happy today. Until next time, I love you, I respect you, and I hope you join us again next episode. Bye!